Welcome to the 5571, a podcast dedicated to all things Disney parks, especially Disneyland. I'm Danny, joined today by my co-host, the David Vaughn, for the last time on today's show. We covered the 5571 news and mine and David's 2023 predictions for the Disneyland Resort. Also, don't forget, this is David's last show, at least as an ongoing co-host, but he will be back at some point in the future, undetermined. Uh, David already started making a lot of new content on YouTube, so if you aren't subscribed to his YouTube channel, please make sure that you do that after you listen to this episode, and I'll have a link in the episode's description, so you can easily just click it and then subscribe. Thanks for telling them that. I'm excited that um, there'll be some new endeavors, but I would definitely uh, miss doing this process because I'm sitting. I was sitting here setting up, setting up everything, and I was like, "Oh, I guess this is really this isn't like a Christmas break where you take a couple of weeks off. This is like, you know, the long break." So, but you know what? I have I, you know for everybody listening, I have full confidence in Danny keeping delivering awesome, fun, engaging stuff. Assuming. We're keeping engaging, fun, awesome stuff. But if you, <laughs> but you will do a great job. I know you'll do a great job, and Thank you. I cannot wait to listen and see um, or hear um, how the podcast um, changes and um, grows over the next hundred years. <laughs> hundred years. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. But let's head on into the 5571 news segment. So, of course, we want to start off with two brand new Disneyland After Dark events that were announced for 2023. These events are going to take place at Disneyland Park after it closes from 9 p.m. until 1 a.m. And the dates uh, include Sweetheart's Night and the all-new Princess Night. So, Sweetheart's Night uh, is going to take place January 31st, February 2nd. February 5th, 7th, 9th, of course, Valentine's Day, the 14th, and the 16th. So the Sweethearts Night includes, of course, a special fireworks show, um, photo ops per usual, a royal ball, a moonlit cruise on the Mark Twain, and specialty food to purchase throughout the park. And of course, your photo pass is included with your ticket for all those photo op locations throughout the night. But of course, The big news on this particular announcement was the all-new Princess Night, which is going to only be two nights, and that's going to be March 7th and March 9th. And I believe March 7th is the day before Mickey's Toontown, or the day before the weekend of Mickey's Toontown reopening. So that's going to be a big weekend all together, just for that alone. But for Princess Night, guests can come in costume and are actually greeted by a royal welcome at the Disneyland train station as they walk in by Princess Minnie Mouse and Princess Daisy Duck with fanfare, trumpeters, and there will be a Disney Princess concert with live vocals, a Tomorrowland dance party with Vanellope Von Schweetz, jazz music in New Orleans Square, um, photo ops including ones based on Beauty and the Beast, The Princess Diaries, for those of you that love that throwback, and specialty food to purchase, and of course your photo pass included uh, with your ticket. However, to note, This event does not include a special fireworks show like you would with Sweethearts Night or like, say, Star Wars Night. Um, Tickets start at $124 each for these events. Um, Of course, can vary based on different dates. Um, Guests get early entry to Disneyland Park starting at 6 p.m. David, are you going to do you think any of these as a prediction are going to sell out um, like completely, like whether whether or not it's Princess Night or Sweethearts Night? 
Absolutely. Um, every year, the um, Disneyland After Dark events totally sell out. Well, in the recent years, they've been totally selling out. And um, interesting, though, I was kind of wondering, um, because I saw a huge amount of interest for uh, Sweetheart's Night. Um, but I w- so I was kind of expecting, I was like, are we going to see like this start to sell out as quickly as like Oogie Boogie Bash? Because that sold out in five days. But you know what? The um the magic key holder pre um so what happened is they did the magic key holder presale, and none of the sweetheart night um, tickets sold out. They only allotted so many for magic key holders during the presale. But interestingly enough, princess night sold out on its first night for magic key holders. But when they went on sale for the general public um, on Wednesday, uh, December fourteenth, they were um, all tickets were available and. Um, and it wasn't like, um, you know, people trying to get magic keys or Oogie Boogie Bash. There weren't queues that were lasting all day and night. Um, instead, uh, there seems to be plenty of availability. So my guess is we'll start seeing seeing some dates sell out um, over the over the coming weeks. But I definitely think it will sell out a few weeks before the first event. Um, probably mid-January for Sweetheart's Night. Um, Princess Night might sell out even earlier than that. And I also thought, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but uh, Princess uh, Night is, you know, if if Sweetheart's Night is Valentine's Day night, Princess Night is their International Women's Day night because March 8th is International Women's Day, which is also the day that Toontown opens. And these events take place on March 7th and 9th. So, thought that was really interesting um, when looking through the calendar, but um, we will see if this takes off and if it does well, people love it. And um, furthermore, if uh, it's something that they continue in the coming years. Right. I think um, the cool thing about this event, at least the princess night will be to see how people come dressed up. Right. Um, Sweethearts night. You kind of already had some great couples costumes, but I think specifically like, theming it to princess night you might get some pretty unique costumes especially with the whole royal welcome so that's uh i'm interested to see how the guests show up to that yeah but, me too i'm also curious how like the trump how the trumpeters are going to work because it's like you know if you're there at early mix in at 6 p.m like are you gonna have to walk back through the entrance so that you can have your royal entry or they you know they can't start that before the party so it'll be interesting to see how they pull that off with people coming early rather than the people showing up at nine. That's actually a good point. I didn't even think about that. So you're right. You're absolutely right. But let's head on to some additional news for the 5571 news segment. So Universal Studios Hollywood finally announced an opening date for Super Nintendo World. The new immersive land will open on the lower lot on February 17th, 2023, which is actually President's Day weekend. So uh, you can probably expect large crowds regardless. Um, But of course, the new land will also draw a lot of people. So make sure you purchase your tickets for that weekend um, and keep in mind that there are some blackout dates that weekend for some of the um, lower annual passes Um, so definitely plan ahead if you'd like to go on opening weekend and additionally Universal Studios with the announcement of the date confirmed a few details that had just been speculated on prior to the announcement so of course the headline attractions main name will be called Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge, and it will be the first major implementation of augmented reality technology in a theme park attraction in the United States, specifically in the United States. Of course, there's already a version of this attraction at Universal Studios Japan. 
Um, they also officially announced the name of the signature dining location in the land, and that's going to be called Toadstool Cafe. Um, Chef Toad will actually meet and greet guests outside the restaurant, and menu items include Toadstool Cheesy Garlic Knots, Super Mushroom Soup, Piranha Plant Caprese, Mario Bacon Cheeseburger, Luigi Pesto Chicken Chicken Burger, and also the Question Block Tiramisu and a Princess Peach Cupcake. I'm a little bummed they, there aren't more similar options from the Japanese version, but I'm happy that some items did transfer over. David, do you think the super mushroom soup is going to look similar to like the mushroom pizza offering they have in Japan? I wonder. I mean, I wish that we were getting all of the same stuff or at least a lot of the aesthetic looking stuff. Um, I actually didn't even notice the menu. Was it just listed on their site with all this stuff? I did totally missed that part. Yeah, they actually released it in their um, kind of media blast email that they sent out to different media outlets. Good to know. Toadstool Cafe <laughs> is going to be serving up some super snacks. Yeah. And then another item that they've confirmed is, of course, the name of the retail location inside the land, which is going to be called the One Up Factory, which was speculated, but now it's confirmed. And it's going to be one of the many locations guests can purchase collectible memorabilia to commemorate their visit um, from the land. So, of course, Universal Studios is anticipating a lot of guests for this land. So they're selling merchandise for Super Nintendo World on the upper lot, on the lower lot, all over the place. So this is going to be one of the many locations to get it. And I like that they're spreading it out because it's kind of making it easier um no word on any of the other snack locations david and i mentioned in the previous episode when we were discussing japan's version um they had like a yoshi snack island or something and then a popcorn stand but they didn't mention any anything specifically about those item locations um but that leads us on to the next point in the news was that universal studios actually also recently opened a new snack stand on the lower lot, actually just outside the character shop, which is one of the lower lower lot locations where they're selling Super Nintendo World merchandise already. Um, they are serving the character-themed cream sodas that we saw over in the Japanese version of Super Nintendo World, um, and that they have Mario, Luigi, and Princess Peach-themed cream sodas, and they all come with like a souvenir straw, and they're priced at $12 each. The snack stand also serves the popcorn buckets that we saw from the the Japan version as well. We have the Superstar popcorn bucket, which is going to include all day refills on popcorn. That's $40 and it does light up as well, too. So it's actually a really nice display piece, I would say. (laughs) I saw it lit up. It was really, really cool. And then they're going to have two drink sippers. And those are um, those look like one up mushrooms and super mushrooms. So they're red and green mushrooms. And those are going to be $20. Those include um, one drink fill with purchase and then a dollar 50 refills throughout the day after that and this applies to anywhere the buckets are sold whether you're buying it at that snack stand or in the gift shops because they're also selling these in the gift shops too which i think is really smart so that they're not making everyone wait in one small snack stand location so you can buy these throughout just know that if you do buy them it does include the food as well they'll probably give you some kind of receipt or voucher um so keep that in mind all right, so next up, we have um, a couple things, a few things coming to Walt Disney World. So one's already arrived. Um, in celebration of Avatar The Way of Water, there's a projection show on the um, Tree of Life at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So they do something called Tree of Life Nighttime Awakenings, which is like 
Um, a projection. It looks really cool. Like all, some of the animals. I love those. Yeah, it looks amazing. Like some of the animals that are carved into this tree come to life. So they basically just changed it for creatures and themes that are in um, Avatar, um, The Way of Water. So um, if you're headed to Disney World, check that out. Um, also... Um, the upcoming Road, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue Restaurant will open in Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios. It's been announced for spring 2023. Um, I think it was supposed to open by the end of this year, and they're definitely missing their mark here. So um, a few more months, they'll be open. Um, this will mark the world's first Toy Story-themed table service restaurant, and the restaurant will serve barbecue-inspired comfort foods and all-serve family style. Um, it will feature platters of house-smoked meats, a roundup of sides, and some miniature sweet surprises. So it'll be cool. Feel like you're shrunk down to like a toy size. Um, we'll see what other kinds of fun things they implement here. I like barbecue. Um, I thought, I really have thought for a long time that um, Hollywood Studios desperately needed more um, table service restaurants, um, dining in general, really. We needed more variety of dining in general that wasn't just like the hamburgers. Um, so I'm excited that this is coming. I think this will be a, a good addition. And, um, and the theme sounds like it's a lot of fun too. Um, Disney's DuckTales World Showcase Adventure um, debuted at Epcot on December 16th. And this interactive game within the Disney Play app has guests going on a scavenger hunt around Epcot's World Showcase to find seven plunders of the world and return them to their rightful owners. Each country will feature three assignments and one finale, which each mission takes about 25 to 30 minutes each to finish. So this will be like a fun interactive game. I think like where I was thinking about like where this fits and like why would Epcot introduce an interactive game like this? Well, the reality is that there just isn't a ton of stuff for like, I feel like, you know, kids in that tween area to do. So in World Showcase, like, yes, there are a couple rides and stuff, but like, I feel like this would be a good way. Like if you're a parent and you're like, I want to take my kids, they need something fun to do while we're going around drinking around Epcot. It gives the kids something fun to do. The adults can stop and get a drink or a snack on the way. And it kind of gives, you know, you're not dragging your kids around uh, world showcase if they're not really interested in food. Um, and obviously you want to be an adult and drink. So that's my guess of why this is really introduced, but I think it's brilliant if that's the reason. Yeah, so I agree. Use it to your advantage, parents. Use it to your advantage. All right, it's time for the Main Street topic. Uh, we're going to go into our 2023 Disneyland Resort predictions. Uh, I, you know what? I don't want to jinx anything, and that's why I'm like, ah, if I come up with a prediction, they're all going to be wrong. Maybe we'll get one right, but, uh, or what if we get them all right? That'd be even weirder. <laughs> um, but anyway, we'll see what it is. Danny and I do not know what each other have predicted. Um, we kept these lists to ourselves. So hopefully we both didn't pick all the same things, but, um, should I go first? Do you want to go first? What's, what's the deal? You can go ahead and uh, say your first one and then, um, I'll follow up with you on my next first one. Okay, um, let's do it then. Uh, all right, so my first prediction. I predict the Magic Key sales are going to go back in January um, of 2023. Um, and I also predict that we might see like the Imagine Key or something like that stick around for like a longer time. I don't want to solidify that one. It might just be a short sale again. 
But um, if I'm going to put one in the sand, I will say, I believe, or in stone, I suppose, I I believe that they're going to go back in January. And I will give one other thing. If they don't go back in January, um, it'll be in the first quarter. And here's why I think that. Um, You know what? I just think... I just think ticket sales are down. Um, you know, Disneyland's incredibly expensive. Um, people who want to make return visits may not be able to. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now. I mean, um, in terms of like economic future, um, I will say this. Um, if you are planning a family vacation and you look at the cost of going to Disneyland or Disney World even, um, and then you are comparing that to, you know, going somewhere else you haven't been for a while, you might opt to do something different. And that something different could even be, you know, go to Super Nintendo World um, and do an L.A. trip. Or maybe you go to Universal Orlando. I mean, there's other options that people can do. And if they feel like they're getting priced out or their experience was different and they're kind of waiting for new future attractions, um, even with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opening and the Disney 100 celebration, we're just not seeing, like, the kind of sales that we were before. And right now, even uh, holiday clearly seems to be down. I mean, it's just not looking like it did last year. Even with the reservations booked up, it seems like Disney's keeping the crowds like really low. And it's probably because they know there's just not as much demand. And my guess is, and guess this is just a guess, my guess is that they are like, you know, not, maybe they're just not you know, staffing as much. Cause when I've been there this month, it just hasn't been like, it just felt like, like not nearly as busy for the holiday season. That's, that's all I can really note. So I'm guessing that we're seeing um, some projections from Disney that like future um, interest in going to the parks in, uh, in the early part of 2023 is going to go down. And if they don't see a huge influx of interest um, for the rest of the year, then it makes sense for them to bring back magic keys and get people, um, you know, the, the, the hardcore Disney fans or incentivize people to keep coming back and spending money in the parks. Yeah. No, so I, I don't know, Danny, I, do you think, do you see that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with your prediction. Uh, I think that's a good one. Uh, and it's not one of mine. So we, there you go. <laughs> we, we didn't have one that matched. Good. Uh, but I, I think that's a good um, I think that's a good prediction. Um, I feel like they are really testing the waters um, with this new blockout period for the holidays um, uh, with some new purchases of Magic Keys just before this holiday. Busy prediction time season um, and also um, the opening of the new ride. Um, I feel like they're really going to see how much more they could open up sales for. I could easily see sales going on again in January on all the past types. Um, maybe even a price increase with that. Um, and then, um, like you said, keeping that lowest tier available for a longer period of time because it is a past they have a little bit more control over as far as like when they're allowed to go. And it kind of aligns the guests with like the SoCal ticket, same thing Monday through Thursday. So I feel like, um, overall it's, uh, I I'd say that's a pretty fair bet prediction. I, I would, I would put money on that. And we'll see. I mean, I'll, they got the SoCal ticket out now, but it doesn't include weekends. So it's like, are people going right. to drop, you know, all that money to not be able to go on the weekend? I don't know. It seems like three. Mm-hmm. And take, I feel like people. I was just going to say, like, are you going to take three days off of work? Like, 
you know, from January to May just to go to Disneyland? I don't know. I just, those are questions I have. I I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I I think too, um, another thing that, that people really enjoyed from the past is I feel like people were more confident in the past on buying these multi-day tickets when they knew they could then put that money towards like an annual pass. So they're like, um, like I'm, I'm confident with buying this three day ticket because then I maybe have the option of buying an annual pass if I want to at the end. Um, and so I think that that's really, um, if the passes are on sale again, it's like people have that option and it's like a nice comforting thing to have. Um, I know when I worked at Disney, a lot of people really enjoyed that. So, um, having annual passes on sale again, I feel like would also incentivize people to maybe buy those tickets and then be like, okay, I'm going to put this towards a pass now. Hopefully um, when they bring back, you know, annual passes, we won't um, burden them with being such a um, unfavorable mix of magic key holders in the parks. (laughs) He's gone now. So we can make that joke. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Danny, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So my first prediction of 2023 um, was that Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel will rebrand as Disney's Pixar Place Hotel and debut the new lobby, the new restaurant, the new front desk, um, along with the lobby and the first batch of renovated rooms to show the media on the opening weekend of Mickey's Toontown. Oh, at first I was like, where are you going with this? Yeah. But yeah. Oh, so you think it'll be that soon? The time. So we're talking about, we're talking about timeline here. Yeah. I don't know if I, I I wasn't confident in lumping in the pool, the pool, like wet play area with that same um, timeline. But I do feel that the lobby will be done. um, Potentially the restaurant. Um, but at least, uh, I, the thing is, is that Disney loves, and here's my why behind it. Disney loves, um, showing media, um, invited guests, multiple things when they're here. Uh, they, they don't like inviting the media back more than more often than they need to. So they love to lump things together, um, when the media are here. And especially if, um, you know, if they can't invite the media to stay in these new rooms yet, since it's only a few months away, um, they could certainly, uh, I know for a fact already, uh, that rooms are the, some of the rooms are already done. Um, so at, at least they can invite the media to come tour the rooms and they might have like, you know, like part of the media itinerary will be like, Hey, rooms will be open between this time and this time to come check it out and show it. They'll be able to show off the new lobby. They'll be able to show off the new entrance, the signage of the hotel saying Pixar place. Um, and the new front desk area, potentially the Great Maple Restaurant in the lobby. Um, not sure if that'll be ready yet. Um, and not sure about the pool area. But um, I don't say everything's going to be done, but I feel like enough of it will be uh, done for them to be able to debut this to the media in a way that they can talk about it um, when they're invited for Mickey's Toontown. Hmm. Well, I'm curious to know. I mean, that seems very very fast to me but um they're moving along and you watch that stuff carefully so if you say so i put my confidence in that and you're right they do like to lump things together and if we saw like you know mickey's toontown opening with like say you know 
you know, that was the first day. Actually, wait a second, though. When is uh, the opening of uh, what's, oh, it's, um, what's the food, the food and Wine Festival? When is that open? Um, the Food and Wine Festival is in March. Also in March. But, but late, later March, yeah, though. Oh. No, it's early really? March. Right. I, now I'm yeah, like, that's what I thought. Now that's why I'm like, myself. is that just what they're going to show? Them? Okay, so that returns March 3rd. So yeah. actually, that wouldn't make sense for them unless they do the Toontown preview the week before for media. And then they have... They lumped that in with the Food and Wine Festival. Yeah. And then they also, do you think they would also do the hotel at the same time? And then it's like yeah, a I don't triple think, bang? I definitely don't think the room will, the rooms will be done enough for the media to stay in them. I still think they'll invite the media to stay at um, probably Disney's Grand Californian Hotel um, because there's construction going on at the Disneyland Hotel. So maybe they don't want them to stay there. Um, but they'll definitely have um, a few model rooms open um, at the Paradise new Pixar Pier, Pixar Place Hotel, excuse me, um, for the media to come in. They'll probably have representatives in there talking about it, maybe some concept art on easels, things like that, to show them. They'll also have, um, like, Imagineering and staff on hand in the lobby to point out, like, the art pieces and things like that, the style choices of why they chose the colors. Potentially, if Great Maple's open, they might have, you know, the the media going in there to, to, um, to dine. Um, but I don't think the pool will be done. Like I mentioned, I don't think they will be staying in the rooms. And of course they're still going to have probably through the summer, a uh, construction going on in the hotel to replace or to renovate all the remaining rooms in the tower, um, and finish the, um, the pool area. So that's kind of how I thought it, but I figured when they were having the media there for Mickey's Toontown, they wouldn't want to waste the opportunity to show off um, like a model room, a finished lobby and maybe a a new entrance area, because really not all that much is changing Mm. on the exterior of the hotel. We're just waiting for the, the, like the putting in of a new sign, some paint and like exterior decorations on the outside. And the lobby really isn't changing all that much either. Minus a few really significant art pieces, like the Luxo ball statue and like the hanging mobile, like stained glass pieces. Um, and then the front desk really doesn't take all that long to redo. I mean, it's already there. It's not probably changing shape too much. It's just getting renovated. All they really have to do is sh- have them eat those great maple donuts and they'll get rave reviews right away. They don't even need to have the <laughs> restaurant open. They just bring some donuts from them. I mean, those things are so bomb. I need to get one immediately. All right, but let's let's go on to David's second prediction for 2023. All right, so my second prediction, and I tried to keep these ones positive, but this one's not. So I think that the Big Hero 6 San Francisco won't happen or will be significantly delayed. And if it's delayed, it probably won't happen. Um, Here's why. Um, It's not that I don't think it's a great idea. Well... Okay, that's not true. Um, I love (laughs) Big Hero 6, and I love Baymax, and I love that they would do something that way, but you're going to open a land without a ride? I don't know. That is weird to me, and it just smells like Chapek wanted, you know, something new coming maybe in, like, 2024, maybe, for, like, 
you know, Disneyland and they're like, oh, we need to do something at Disney California Adventure because we did something, you know, opening Mickey's Toontown and Mickey's, um, you know, Runaway Railway at um, Disneyland. So we got to do something. And it's like, um, yeah, but you, you're going to open a new land with like a meet and greet. I mean, unless there's some element here that I don't know about, like some amazing like um, technology or like this, this meet and greet's going to like blow our minds. Um, I'm just, I just like, I love it, but I don't, you know what I mean? And like, based on that, I feel like now that Imagineers could do something better and maybe if they have more, you know, support to do something better in the creative sense to open something for 2024. I mean, Actually, we're going to get um, Princess and the Frog um, in 2024. So maybe that's supposed to be 2025. It's weird. Either way, um, it's weird uh, that they would open a brand new land with like the meet and greet being the main attraction. And I know there's Baymax fans out there. If my sister's listening, she's probably like, no, David, don't let them cancel it. But I'm saying keep the Baymax meet and greet put it somewhere else. Maybe we can have it at Tomorrowland or something or put or just put it in that land you know, but like, it's weird to me. I don't know. It is weird to me that they would need to do all of that just to, um, and I just, I I feel like they want to do something else. Like why put money into that when you could put it into something that is actually going to bring guests into your park again, unless there's something I just don't know about this meet and greet, but right. I I don't, did you kind of feel like, like when you first heard it, were you like, were you like me? Were you like excited? And then like the more you thought about it, you're like, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, what did you think? I-, I was really excited when I first saw it um, because I saw the San Francisco, like Golden Gate Bridge thing, and it looked really cool. But then the more that you actually, and, you know, that was just us in the room, right? The excitement of the announcements at D23 Expo. But then when you actually looked at the artwork up close, um, you could tell that really absolutely nothing about the land changed at all whatsoever. Not even the shape of the bridge. The bridge um, that exists right now that's there leading into the Pacific Wharf largely remains unchanged. It just gets painted that traditional San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge red-orange color, and then they add the two pylons to give it that look on top of the bridge. And then the other buildings stayed exactly the same shape, um, the exactly the same decorations. They just add some, like, you know, Chinese lanterns or Japanese lanterns. Um, and you know, some, some big hero six themed decor, they changed some of the names of the, of the the restaurants. Um, so obviously we're going to have some really cool themed food options, hopefully, um, like David said, uh, the meet and greet location, but, um, really, I don't even know where that's at, but what does that mean for like Ghirardelli and other things like that? It just seemed like there's not really a lot of space in there. And, um, it seemed kind of weird because, you know, San Francisco being like a mix of San Francisco and like Tokyo, we already have like, you know, the Lucky Fortune Cookery, which is more like, um, uh, like a Asian fusion style restaurant with like a bunch of different Asian cuisine. Um, but then the biggest restaurant in that location is Lucky, is a Rancho, Rancho Cucamonga location or Casino Cucamonga location. And, um, it's, and it still was showing that in the artwork too. So I was just like, what's really changing here? So I agree with David. I feel like it seemed kind of forced. Like, you know, when we sit back now and look back at D23 Expo, it seems like so much of what was given to us in that announcement was so forced. And this just seemed like, hey, let's just give them something. 
um, to talk about like that we can announce for Disneyland that makes them excited for Disney California Adventure. But I don't really see, just like David was saying, how anything in this edition could be big enough to like garner its own like media event or like media attention um, when it debuts. Like there's nothing in that land. Like I'm looking at it on the map right now and we've talked about this, but like there's just nowhere to put a ride. The only place you could maybe, maybe, maybe put like an attraction like that would maybe be like across the way at like the, um, I don't even know, like the blue sky cellar, like that whole area. But then you would be, you would end up taking out like dining and that's not what they want to do. They want to revamp the dining air. And like, my guess is that the meet and greet would have gone in where, um, the, uh, where the Boudin, um, bakery tour is. Um, that's my guess. And then, but then I'm like, also, I don't know. There's so many things I think about. I'm like, none of this makes sense. Like, I know people love characters. I know people love Baymax. I understand that they can sell a lot of merch there. I wouldn't be surprised too, if Ghirardelli went away and they changed Ghirardelli into like, um, uh, into like a store or something. Cause they don't really have anything like that. And we already, uh, and based on the artwork, there was confirmation that Pacific Wharf cafe would turn into lucky cat. Like you were saying, and then also that um, Cocina Cucamonga was still there. Um, so there's just there's just nowhere to put anything. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm looking at this map and like literally you, you all like if you're you don't even need to look at the map. Like it's surrounded by Cars Land, the Incredicoaster and uh, and that's it. Like it's literally back to back with those things. So like mm-hmm. there is nowhere. The only way that you could put a, a ride is if there was like a little launch station like in this part and it somehow went into another part of the park and then like came back to that same part, you know, like the, right. like. And then, like, why wouldn't they have announced that as part of that? Like, we would all be excited for right. that. And then and then that could be something in the future. So I think this land's going to get canceled. I mean, I just, if it doesn't get canceled, to get, like, modified into, like, not San Francisco, it'll just be a place that you can, like, have a Baymax meet and greet. I mean, or if it does happen, it's just, it's not going to be what we think. It's going to, it's going to be like you said, it's just going to be like, it's going to feel like an overlay, you know? Right. It's going to totally feel like an overlay. Um, but... I, I this I agree with you on this one. I feel like I feel like it's on the cutting chopping block, right? Like I feel like this was something they just gave us, but I think it was like, can we give them something but not spend a lot of money? Because like that's what literally like the running thing was with um, with Disney um, with with Chapek in charge. Um, and this time, I really I really think like yeah, I feel like that's what that was. So now he's not there. Right? What can we do? So Danny, let's hear your thing. Your next one. <laughs> so my my next prediction was that um, the that Mickey and the Magical Map would return to the Fantasyland Theater in time for the summer season at Disneyland. And here's why I think that's going to be. Um, I they're bringing back you know Mickey's or they're bringing back the Magic Happens Parade right um, at in the springtime. Um, you know, along with uh, Mickey's Toontown, there's so many things opening in Disneyland. Um, they're looking to kind of bring back the entertainment. Um, it made total sense to me to um, keep, you know, bring back a show that would like, like we're kind of in that theme, right? Like, hey, let's bring back Happily Ever After. Let's bring back Magic Happens. Like, 
like it would make sense let's bring back another fan favorite like what's something else everyone's calling to bring back well it's either the aladdin show which is definitely not happening at the hyperion <laughs> it's mickey and the magical map and paint the night right so i i personally don't think paint the night's coming back in the summer but i could be totally wrong about that one um but i just think that like it's very easy for them to bring back Mickey and the Magical Map at the Fantasyland Theater, and it would please so many people and really absorb a lot of crowds that might want to be going into Mickey's Toontown, and it might give them an opportunity to do things while waiting to do things in Toontown as well. So that was basically like my prediction for that. Nothing too like I didn't I don't have any like insight on oh, for sure this is happening or I heard something in the rumor mill. It just seemed like a logical move to me, um, especially since Tale of the Lion King was supposed to be a limited time offering during Celebrate Soulfully and Black History Month and kind of just continued on like indefinitely. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of wondering if we would have one that we totally disagreed on. And I got to tell you, I just, dis- I don't, I don't think Mickey in the Magical Map will ever come back. And here's why. Because they said it was officially canceled. And, like, I think my guess is, I know Disney keeps a lot of props and set pieces, but I think it's, like, it's, like, donezo. If anything, I could see the... So you think those TV, like, TV show screen, like, set pieces are gone already? I don't necessarily think they're gone. I don't even know if they used any as part of Tale of the Lion King or I don't, I mean, I've seen Tale of the Lion King, but I'm saying like, I don't know what was used for what or repurposed, but I just like, I don't think that it's, uh, I, I, I don't think, I I just don't think it's happening. Like I, like, I think that, um, if they're going to do a new show, they'll do like a completely different new show. Um, I think that Tale of the Lion King stuck around because they did have to close it for a bit, you know, and they probably just were like, people, this is what, this is well received. Right. It's such a good show. Like it's so well done. And like the singing and the acting, the dancing, like everything is great. The direction is phenomenal. Um, so mm. I feel like, um, I feel like if we do get another show, it'll probably, if we do get a show, if we do get something opening there, like that's not Tale of the Lion King, my guess is that we would get a, we would get like a new show completely for that. Um, but, uh, you know, if people keep going to see Tale of the Lion King, I mean, why close it down? I guess. I don't know. That's just my thought. Um, and it doesn't play all the time. Okay. But yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know why. It just feels the so only surprised. Th- the only reason I was thinking like, well, I know Tale of the Lion King was supposed to be for like that limited time run. And it made sense. Like you said, um, that, um, you know, it didn't, it, they had to shut down or like cut back a lot of the performances, you know, because of, of performance getting sick and stuff like that. Um, when we were kind of going through another COVID wave at the time. So, um, it definitely makes sense why it continued on and people, do enjoy the show because it's like you said amazing show but i think um the with like this specifically this show like all i know for a fact like this show has a bunch of performers that are not disney cast members they're like outside um like operating participants i think disney is what they call them whereas like mickey and the magical map was more of like entertainers that work directly for disney entertainment and so I just don't know how long they can contract 
a, like a team like this to continue working. That was kind of like my thought. But I guess if you're saying a totally new show, that would make sense too. But I just felt like it'd be easy for them to implement back an old show. Well, we'll see. With maybe some I mean, you might be it. right. Maybe they'll bring <laughs> it back. Maybe they'll... It, it just... To, and another thing I'm thinking of, though, is the bringing back of an old show. Like, first off, maybe I'm wrong here and there's, like, a lot of... Um, you know, like people could verify this is not true, but I just feel like when you go back to like the root of like what Disney parks are about, like Walt didn't want them to keep going backward and like bringing back old stuff. I will say an exception should be made for the people mover though, because the people mover should have never gone away. But, but other than that, um, I think I wonder if like going back and doing like the same old show and like not trying to like get people into something new makes sense. You know, like I'd almost think like, you know, I mean, people are probably over it, but like Encanto or something like that, like there would make a lot more sense than like going back. But I think that if Chapek was still around and you said that, I'd be like, oh yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Like, cause he just would want whatever is the least expensive <laughs> thing. I'm like ragging on him this episode, but a lot of this stuff, it's like when you're thinking about the future of, of Disneyland, you have to think about like, you know, wh- who's in charge, who's calling the shots. Like why would certain things, why would, you know, what balls are rolling here? And when he was it, the factor, right. you always knew it came down to like low cost, you know, low budget, high appeal. And like, um, you know, if they could do that, then he would pretty much green light it. Um, so at this point, like he's gone, it's a wild card, you know, it's a wild card. I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing back things that people love, like old flashback stuff from here and there, but as a permanent fixture, I just think there's so many creatives in Walt Disney Imagineering um, and stage performers and stage directors, like I'm sure they could come up with a phenomenal show that all of us are just like obsessed with, um, or just you know make Tale of the Lion King bigger and better if if it's going to stick around. Right. No, I agree. That could work. But let's have you lead us into your last third and final prediction for 2023. All right. So my final uh, prediction for uh, third and final prediction. For 2023, is that uh, we'll finally hear something about Disneyland forward, uh, moving um, forward. <laughs> um, so here's why. <laughs> here's why I think that um, uh, the Olympics is happening in Los Angeles in five years. If you don't think Disney is working on something huge for that, you're sorely mistaken. Like. Universal Studios Hollywood is gearing up for a transformation to get people in um, all around the world wanting to go to that that park. So they're going to open up world-class attractions. Um, It's going to be a big deal over there, right? Um, Disneyland has to do the same thing. You know, back in, what was it, 1984 when they had the Olympics? Mm -hmm. That's why they opened um, the new Fantasyland. Now, keeping with that theme and thinking about that, Maybe it would make sense to hear a Tomorrowland revamp for that time. And I was kind of teetering between the two things because I was like, will they open, you know, will they redo Tomorrowland? But it if they can get Disneyland Forward started, I could definitely see them breaking ground like 
next year in 2023. Um, but it is tricky. And that's the, that I recognize how tricky this is. They have to get Anaheim on board. There's been a lot of, um, well, there's been, you know, there's been people who were, who were part of Anaheim and for corruption reasons are no longer. So, um, you know, that's a big thing, but Disney wants this to happen. They are, um, they're eager for, um, to do something big for the Olympics. And quite frankly, if they can't get something in probably the next six months, they're going to need to find something else that they can do. And maybe it'll end up being that Avengers um, multiverse attraction. Maybe that'll be the big thing, but I think they want something even more, even bigger. Like that's my guess. I think, and we see, and if you're thinking on more of like an international scale, David, like look at avatar, right? Like, Avatar's got tons and tons of movie sequels coming out. Um, it's already poised to have one of the largest openings ever for when it opens up this week. And, um, you know, the movie costs Disney like billions of dollars to make. Um, and if it proves to be as wildly as successful as the first movie, um, you know, when we saw the Disneyland Forward concept art and people were tri- really breaking down the like examples that Disney included, it did look like one of the se- sections in that expanded area for DCA was like a miniature version of Pandora, or at least one of the attractions from that land. Um, so do we see finally an Avatar-themed expansion come to Disney Cafe Adventure, or Disneyland for that matter, um, on the West Coast because of how popular it is? It's closer to the theme parks. Uh, it's closer to like the Asian you know, travel destinations. And this movie does really well in Asian countries too. So, um, and it would work well with the Olympics. So, you know, bringing international guests to the resort. So that's also something to think about too. I would just like Disney. Can you just turn the toy story parking lot into a third park? Like, can we just get that done instead? I know that's got mixed reviews from people, but I personally would love a third theme park. I really want to talk about this for just one second. Just one second. If we could build a third theme park, it would make so much sense. Because think about it. You could, you have Disneyland, which everybody wants to go to. They're going to come. If they're going to Olympics, they're going to want to go to Disneyland, right? And then you have California Adventure, which is like right next to it gives you the overflow. Now, there's a problem. We have reservations. We have too many people. But what if... We built a third park that was really aimed at like locals, but then also had some like, you know, big IP in it too. So the locals all want to go to this third park so that all the people traveling from other places want to go to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. So that way we kind of have like everybody spread out and then we're not worried about, oh, you know, um, there's too many people who want to go to our parks. We need reservations to like keep crowds down. Like that doesn't, no. Then we problem solved, Disney. Build a third park. And if you're not, then at least expand these. Let's start next year. I don't care what we have to do. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, but yeah, that's that's my that's my other. Did any of mine are any of mine the ones that you guessed? Or that you for uh, next are year? Any, any are your, are are your any predictions? Mine, what was that? Are any of my predictions any of your predictions? Like is your last one no. any of the Oh, okay. Well no. we are uh, that's good. Yeah, we I want to hear David your prediction. Yeah, we did not collaborate on these. We did them in in secret, and uh, we decided to debut them while recording the podcast. So uh, our predictions weren't the same, although I agree 
with every prediction that David's had. I know he doesn't agree with my Mickey the Magical Map one. I'll be honest. That was one that I kind of just threw in as a possibility because I felt like it was something easy they could do with that space. And I I just felt like Tale of the Lion King wasn't going to last much longer. Um, but I agree with that. Um, I do agree with that. I <laughs> my, love it, but I agree with that. My third and final prediction for 2023 kind of all centers around timelines for downtown Disney. Um, and basically, um, I talked a little bit about it on my Twitter, if you guys follow me on Twitter. Um, but I did have a chance to speak to some of the staff at Tortilla Joe's and when I was dining there and they did share with me that the restaurant would close in summer of 2023. Now, whether that timeline still remains or, um, has, and it hasn't even been confirmed, uh, by Disney, but my prediction was that we'll see Tortilla Joe's close sometime at the end of the 2023 season, um, to make way for, um, Din Taifung's construction, um, and Din Taifung taking the location, uh, from Tortilla Joe's. Um, and then also predicting that in this 2023 year, we're going to see the complete rebranding of all of the restaurants in Disney, Disney downtown Disney be completed. So we're going to see Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen uh, finish its rebranding and reopening, have like a grand reopening. Um, if you haven't seen Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen lately, it's practically almost done on the exterior. Like they're moving so fast on it. It's crazy. Um, so that's already well on its way and we're, we're not even into 2023 yet. Um, and then Catal turning into Paseo and Uva Bar turning into Centrico. I think all these things will be done in 2023 and we'll see the construction start on, um, Din Taifung this year, um, as well as the construction on the expansion, um, beginning finally for the, um, the half that's closest to the Disneyland hotel, which is supposed to open in 2024. Um, and that'll house locations like, um, uh, Porto's bakery and maybe hopefully an Earl's sandwich and other things over on that side. Um, but yeah, so definitely think tortilla Joe's is closing, um, at the end of this season in 2023, like the summer season, kind of towards the end of the year as we're leading into the holidays, um, and then expect the new Paseo, the Centrico bar, and the, the redesigned Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen. I don't know if that includes a new menu as well, all to reopen um, in 2023. Yep, I would say that they're going to open probably some in summer, and then we might see um, maybe like, actually, I don't know. If they haven't done construction yet, I would almost guess it's probably going to be something close to like... Uh, December or like, you know, right before the holiday season kind of thing. But I definitely agree. I think that we'll see, um, these places open up. Um, but you know, it's funny with downtown Disney. Sometimes I'll be like, this place is coming and you won't hear anything about it. And they'll be like, it's open. And you're like, wait, what? Like where, where was the middle part? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, and you're just like, Oh, okay. I guess That's I'll be I going feel- there. Yeah, that's how I feel about jazz kitchen, right? Like, um, it was just before Halloween season, uh, ended that the the restaurant went up in scaffolding and um and then all of a sudden i'm seeing people post about it on twitter this week and the whole exterior of the restaurant doesn't have like the like the metal working of like the classic kind of french quarter vibe it's totally like white and gray and it had like different exterior look already and i'm just like wow it's already ready for it's like neon pink and orange exterior that it's supposed to have 
I was there so, last week. I was there last week and I saw it and I was like, the top was all white and it looked just like it's all that like um, mid-century modern look. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like with Centrico, right, Centrico is going to be the new bar that takes over Uva Bar, right? Um, there's There wasn't that big of a change happening in Centrico, right? It's going to have new furniture, which isn't, like, groundbreaking. It's not going to take months for them to do that. Um, but they did have these, like, really intricate trellises that kind of take over these, um, the kind of umbrella-type structures that are there in Uva Bar now. Uh, more like flower-like structures, I guess you could say. Um, but the trellises kind of take over that. So they'll have to build those, but a lot of that didn't really seem like it needed a lot of work, right? The bar infrastructure is already there. They're just going to change the look of it all and, um, change the menu of course, to be, uh, Mexican. And then, um, Paseo is, um, really going to be taking place all upstairs on the upper level of Catal, where Catal restaurant is right now. And that doesn't really probably change too much either other than just inside decor and like layout um but like you know the kitchen infrastructure is already there they're probably not going to change a lot of that um so it's really not too much that any of these restaurants need so i felt like we could see a quick turnaround i definitely don't think anything pre-summer that's for sure but um i was just shocked at how quickly jazz kitchen went so i was like this is probably for sure something that they're going to wrap up quickly very well could happen um I wonder if we'll see, if we'll see, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I wonder if we'll see some delays at some point, but I don't, I do know that they just put up um, the construction permit for the two story um, spot um, in that vacant area. So we'll see. I mean, I think, uh, I think you're probably right. And then I'm with that on that, but you know, I think there is one last thing that we probably need to ask because if anybody wants to know a prediction, this will be our seventh one. Um, we got to talk about, do we think reservations will go away in 2023? Um, I know the Mouse Vibes did this one on their um, live, their Mouse Vibes Monday, and it was so entertaining to watch. Um, but, you know, it's it, it, you know, there was a certain point where I was like, they got to go away. But now I'm just kind of like cloudy on it. I feel like... Um, I thought we were going to hear something sooner. Maybe it was wishful thinking, but um, I'm second guessing, um, thinking they're going to go away soon. But um, and also, this is another thing: when they introduced the Southern California um, select, or sorry, the Southern California um, resident ticket offer, um, they say in it they're like reservations are required, um, and it's funny because a lot of people you know, posted that like fake meme going around saying that reservations were going to be canceled, like starting January 9th. And, um, cast members thought that it was a real memo and they were telling guests that it was going away January 9th, but then they released this ticket deal and they said, actually, no, you need, it started like January 9th and you need, and you need, um, reservations for it. So Danny, do you, what do you think about reservations? Do you think they're going to go away next year? Um, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to go away next year. Um, if anything, um, I'll, I, I could say, uh, they might go away for just general tickets. Um, but I think for these specialized tickets, um, you know, that's more sort of the incentive of the discount, right? Like it's a a deeply discounted ticket for like 70, $80 a day. Um, but you're required to make a reservation. Um, and so that's how they can kind of keep these, these deep discounts that they want to offer under control. And I also feel like, uh, reservations won't be going away for magic keys, 
Um, so the only thing I could see happening is just general one-day and multi-day tickets that are full price, those losing their um, their reservation requirements. Of course, there'd still be variable pricing based on when you're buying your ticket as far as tiers, um, but no reservations required to enter the land or which park you're going to start at, etc. Um, they could just have more freedom in that sense um, because they're vacationing guests that are paying. So, But I could see reservations sticking to for those other ones, which would really give them control over some of the things that they didn't like not having control over prior to the shutdown of the parks, right? Like they didn't know when annual passes were going to descend on the parks as far as time of day. They didn't know when these ticket holders were going to come use their tickets. And and what we saw a lot of times, David, if you remember in the past with the SoCal ticket offer, we would see that last week that the ticket was valid, just absolutely insane in 2019 at Disneyland, everyone trying to cram in, use their ticket in that final week. And it was, and it was yep. like just the worst crowds you've ever seen. Um, and it would always kind of line up with the same time that passes, um, would have reopened for like the cheaper tier tickets, the cheaper tier passes. And so it would like be this just gigantic mush of like people coming from like the passes that have been blocked all summer and everyone trying to use their last days of like the Southern California ticket offer. And so I feel like, um, reservations being tied to those tickets would just help them know in advance, like, Hey, like they're there, it's going to be spread out and people are going to, We'll let that. We'll let them use certain days when, as we want, with a number of reservations. I just wonder if when Disney's going to figure out that, or if they already know and they're going to, you know, do something about it. That they just traded one pain point for more. Um, you know, having a week busy or in at the end of the year, and then having spring break busy, and then having like, <clears throat> you know, obviously. When people coming in May, just trying to use the rest of their Southern California resident tickets, um, you know, and mostly those are the weekends. I remember the weekends being really the crazy thing about it. But, um, you know, it's not like they they fixed. Well, it's like this. They fixed that issue, but then they created so many others like the people who go, wait, there's no reservations when I'm trying to use um, the final parts of my ticket. What do I do? And then they got to go to a cast member and then the cast member's got to give them other options. which is like using that money toward a future ticket. Like, and then they're using cast member time to do this. Right. And then like people calling in constantly asking about, Hey, will more reservations be used? I mean, you got, I can only imagine how many people call in to Disney and use up payrolls that way with cast members there constantly calling and asking and inquiring about reservations, how they work, the day you don't want is available. Is there something they can do? Like I can only imagine that that is costing them in some other way. Um, so I just, again, I'm sure the numbers work out, but like whoever invented this reservation thing, it was a good, um, interesting try. Again, I still think that maybe a tier six day should be a day that you need a reservation. But um, the one thing that I wonder, it, when I, even though I teeter on them not using them anymore, um, this is, this, I've been keeping track. This is December. It's supposed to be the busiest, basically the busiest month of the year. Um, I've been keeping track in sold out days in December for magic key holders and for regular ticket sales. 
regardless, they always have same day availability every single day. So if let's, so for example, let's say that on on December 1st, you're trying to book a date for December 14th and it was totally booked up. And so is the 15th. And so is the 16th. And so is the fifth. And so is the sixth, right? When you got to the fifth or the sixth or the 14th or the 15th or the 16th on that actual day, you could go, there was availability. You could go but you couldn't book it ahead of time. So all you had to deal with is all that uncertainty. And if that's the only day you're in town or the only day that you can go because, um, you know, your pass works or whatever the reason, then you're like, oh, I guess I can't use it. You make other plans. And then that same day there's availability. So like, to me, it just feels like the whole thing is ridiculous and is like not really needed. Like, I mean, if it's spreading out crowds, then it's literally telling us the wrong information about why reservations are being used. And I just can't imagine that at this point, Disney is looking at this and going, yeah, this is uh, working out super well. Everybody really loves this, even regular ticket holders. Um, You know, I'm in a position right now where I can't get a reservation for family members who are trying to go. And they're asking me, um, you know, like, hey, are we going to be able to go? And I'm like, I really don't know. But I almost can guarantee you the date the night before or the day of, I'll be able to book a reservation for that park. But if people need to plan ahead, then they are not going to go, you know, they're not going to be able to like make it. So it's just ridiculous to me. I think the whole, um, notion of it that, um, this is working out in everyone's favor. Um, if it is working out in Disney's favor in some ways, I can only imagine it's not working out for them in other ways. So maybe that's the reason we're going to see it go. So if I'm going to put a hard solidify on it, I'm going to say, the earliest we would see reservations go away might be like uh, late summer, like right before September, like maybe August. But I don't know. I've heard some things that it's going to go away sooner than that. So maybe what you're saying is there will be times when it's, you know, maybe like, or what I was talking about before, like it'll be like some type of hybrid where like, yeah. you know, clearly I was say there you are- mentioned that before too already. Yeah, clearly there are dates that reservations are needed, but like, let's just say if you buy a tier six ticket or like just put out a new reservation or new calendar, just say like, these are all days you can go to Disneyland. But if you want to go on these dates, there are reservations required and the tickets are the most expensive, you know, and then they can keep the crowds lower. And then that, that kind of works out for everybody. You know, I mean, at least you have days that you're like, well, eh, we can't, maybe can't go on that day, but you know, there's all these other days we can go. And that's just not the case. Um, uh, for most, you know, times, I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll see. <laughs> and, and I would love to see that come for magic key holders. And if they're not going to get rid of reservations, get rid of that, you know, uh, park hopping roll. I, this is a G rated show, PG rated show. I almost made it not that, but get rid of that park hopping rule. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I almost went out, Danny, I almost went out of the podcast, breaking one of our rules and saying there a no, no word. <laughs> That's how, that's how upset David gets over park hopping. (laughs) (laughs) The park hopping rule alone. That's enough to send me over the edge. Right. All right, everyone. But thank you so much for listening to our predictions and to this episode. And thank you, David, for joining me on this podcast adventure through these 16 episodes. Um, It's been so much fun. I loved having you as a co-host. And I'm excited to see all the fun things that you're going to do on YouTube continue to do on TikTok and all your social media. So 
If you haven't already, like I mentioned, all of David's socials and my socials will be in the podcast episode description. So you can click all those, including David's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed to both of those. Turn on that notification bell so that you get notified uh, when we both post new content. Um, And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so because we will still have more episodes. I'm going to keep recording. I'm going to have special guests uh, invited here and there. Still keeping you abreast of all the Disney Parks news and other theme park news that's happening in the theme park space um, and just keeping it up. Um, but thank you so much for listening, everyone, and uh, have a great day. You guys have a happy holiday, and um, I'll see you um, in the other spaces of this world. And uh, Danny, sending you all the luck. Thank you so much, David. And we'll definitely be seeing you in all those other spaces. But thank you again for listening, everyone, and I'll see you next time.